Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 497. This was a fun one. We, it actually was quite a long one, too, for how little I thought we had to talk about. Right. So, we have two different types of podcasts I'm coming to just now figure out. (laughs) 497 episodes in. Uh, Only 300 of them with me in them. Um... We have the podcast where we just kind of go over things, like what is happening in the news, and we go over it, and we move from subject to subject to subject. And we have the ones where we talk about, like, five things, but we really talk about them. Mm -hmm. Um, There's feelings, and me getting yelly, and... (laughs) And Tony saying things, and then regretting them. (laughs) And that was what today's podcast was. Once more with feeling. Um, so gra- <laughs> grab a drink, sit back, try to relax, and enjoy Drunk on Comics podcast, ep- episode 497, The Best Nerd. She's talking about me. <laughs> want to start off by saying please watch Westworld so I have someone to talk to Um, it's so good now listen I really love the first season and the second season and then the third season they they were not in Westworld anymore Mm -hmm. and they were in the real world and I uh, don't care about the real world and I understand and that's where even I had some like I don't know feelings of like what's going on but i was like i feel there's a bigger picture okay season four is really tying what season like the themes that we didn't know were happening and that's where my mind's just blown that i want to talk to someone about my theories because again each week i'm like this is what's happening and then of course just like good westworld in the first season the next episode answers yes or no on some of those answers and then throws a lot of other shit out there that makes you think this is what I've been waiting for. Yeah. For... Well, you can talk to my husband about it. He's the TV watcher in the family. I'm just... So I'm sorry. Telling anyone that jumped off the bandwagon... I don't think now I want to get the back time jump... It is so good. Are they back in Westworld? Yeah, well, there's another world. It's a Roaring Twenties world. Okay. With gangsters, Because I really guns. enjoy that whole idea. And when they were like, oh, we're done with that, I was like, I'm done with you. <laughs> All I'm going to say is the script has been flipped, and who you think are hosts might be humans, mm. and vice versa. And how that happens, well, they just explain it in this week's episode. But it's what ties in season three, I think, a lot to where, yes, not as much fun action in like one of the parks. Mm-hmm. But now that the parks are back. Mm. Now you're kind of scratching your head of like, oh, that does connect from it. There's just so much. And I'm just like happy that. Do I have to watch season three? Because. No, I could give you a quick like. I don't know. This already sounds like too much work. (laughs) But that there's not a lot of good thinking shows right now. Listen, I have like a window of like an hour a day that I watch TV. 
I have to be very picky about what I watch. And to be quite honest with you, right now RuPaul's Drag Race is taking up most of my time. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to knock you for the show, but what... I love RuPaul's Drag Race. Is, like, each show... Like, I've never watched except for, I want to say, a couple handful of clips. Yeah. Is it, like, each week it's a new, how they dress up? It's like, a competition show. Of just, like, dressing, like, is it, like, any other type of dress show? Like, people design their dresses and that's what they're getting judged on? No. They're okay. drag queens. I, I mean, I know that. But I what mean, are we judging on? They're, they're drag queeniness. Okay. There's a lot that goes into being a drag queen. and it's So, been, like, the persona that they are Yeah, Yeah, doing. there's, like, acting challenges. So, it's not based on what they're sinking. wearing? I mean, part of it is, of course. Okay. You can't be a shitty drag queen. Be RuPaul's <laughs> next drag superstar. <laughs> I tell you what. Some of those drag queens, most of those drag queens, uh, um... Or enough to make any straight male question his sexuality. It's crazy. Even when they're out of drag, some of them you're like, hmm, that's a pretty man. <laughs> John Leguizamo and Tu Wong Fu? I mean, they put John Leguizamo and Tu Wong Fu to shame. It's insane to me, but I digress. That's what takes up most of my you time. You just reminded days. me of something that I saw this past week that, A, I didn't know about, and B, I was so confused when I first clicked on it because I misread what I was watching. Uh-oh. So, uh, Vice, uh, their channel on yeah. YouTube and everything, they do a lot of really interesting uh, journalism sure. on different topics that no one would ever think of. A lot of drugs or, you know, gun smuggling, just so many things that dangerous and cool and then interesting things. I thought that what I read was. Uh, the ins and outs of DraftKings. Oh, drag kings. Dra- but that's what it was. Women who do women who dress up as men. Yes. Yeah. I never once thought of that at all. B. I was just interested in the okay. Is there some secret manipulation of the DraftKings people betting? Uh, so I'm watching this and I'm being like, what? What are they talking about? <laughs> oh, drag. And then I was like, I learned a whole new term and. About a whole new industry that I yeah. never thought of. It's definitely smaller than like the drag queen mm-hmm. part of things, but it's getting better. I think the next season of RuPaul's Drag Race actually is gonna. So they're like, I don't know, a hundred seasons in, and they're finally having their first drag king. Like on the some next of them, season. I was like, I didn't know that was a woman. Yeah, it, it's an art, man. Well, and that's the, like with drag queens as well, though. Sometimes, like, the very obvious is you look for an Adam's apple, Mm -hmm. and that's very kind of the big teller. Sometimes, though, too, within the jawline, you can kind of tell it's a man, but not say it like, you know, some of these women look beautiful, or and I don't know if that's the correct term they want to be. Women? When they're in drag, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. But uh, the whole, this whole, blew my mind of women dressed up as men, so I was like, this is kind of cool, so. Right. Maybe I will tune in just to see what it's all about. I think you should just start from the beginning of RuPaul's Drag Race and watch the whole show all the but way But see, through. I have a little bit more mind-like enticing things such as Westworld <laughs> instead of just people dressing up. I think RuPaul is the key to like bringing... Because 
conservatives over to like the the from the dark side because if you get the women the conservative women if you get them as your audience you can slowly start pulling them further and fucking white women love RuPaul's Drag Race white suburban housewives are probably their biggest audience a hundred percent so RuPaul is doing the Lord's work (laughs) (laughs) so I would like to support that well, besides all these things, let's get into some comic books. Okay. Um, I'm going to bring up Prodigy, number one, the Icarus Society. Okay. Do you remember me talking about Prodigy before? Kind of. So... It's a Mark Miller, right? Yes. Yeah. And this is uh, a superhero-ish type person. He's the smartest man alive. Okay. And within the first, uh, I want to say it was 12 issues, maybe it was only six, um, that came out pre-pandemic, uh, pretty much you're following this man, like, solving cases, and it seems to be like, there's a lot going on in this world that he's not, like, obviously he's the hero, so he's going to kind of get out of a jam and using his intellect, but again, there's some bad guys that seem to be just as smart or as clever that sometimes he doesn't get away scot-free mm-hmm. within this it shows just how genius he is it starts off with pretty much some kind of gory explosions of these people that randomly blew up oh and with 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 going on within uh, a few minutes of uh detective work uh edison crane the title character of this uh pretty much figures it out that these people, the only thing in common to connect them, because otherwise, how are these people just randomly combusting across the nation? He finds out there was one surgeon that they all had, like, plastic surgery or surgery that happened, and this person put in these bombs. And then you easily get right away to not, like... It's not like a whole Batman book that will take, like, 12 issues to finally figure out it was a scarecrow or something. Right. This got within to figure it out within the first couple of pages, but that's part of what this story kind of does. It doesn't need you to take too long for that mystery because there's an underlying mystery that you wouldn't know about until you kind of start reading the book. Mm-hmm. Because at one point, Edison gets kidnapped by people that keep telling him they don't know who hired them, but they're just there to pretty much mess him up, and then he eventually gets out of it and then he just tells them that was me I hired you guys to keep me on my toes and it's like what the fuck kind of bullshit is this but also I like an intelligent story I like when you know you're outwitting each other and just through the verbal you know well I did this 10 minutes ago well I did this 11 minutes ago to prevent you from doing that 10 minutes ago type of thing and with all that, I don't even want to explain where the story unfolds with after he captures this man, uh, the surgeon, who also decided to surgically put on gorilla hands as his own hands. And again, it's comic book world. Sure. So you have to have some weird super villainy stuff. But as the surgeon was saying, that the dexterity of the gorilla hands are far finer tuned than, than a human's. 
So did he do this recently, or was he performing surgery? This well, this isn't this isn't Edison Crane. This isn't the main. This is the bad guy. Right. right. What I'm saying is, did the bad. What I want to know is, did somebody go into his office for plastic surgery and let him perform surgery? No, no, no. He did all those surgeries like before oh, the people okay. blew up. And then he. But Edison his... was able to put that together, and then came to confront the doctor who was waiting for him. Knowing full well he was going to get arrested. So, again, it was kind of like a, you're the mad scientist this person. This is like a What's very Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes-y sort of scenario. Yes, yes. Yeah. That would be a perfect analogy for some people. And, again, I just thought it was hilarious. Like we're getting kind of this, uh, in the first book, it was more of a kind of a secret society and stuff. And this, again, comes into another secret society, but of intelligent people. And they're going to get Edison, like, like on the back of his toes of what's going on throughout some things but this had so much going on just to explain what his uh through the prodigies uh like daily routines of he his mind just wakes him up and he just needs to go and he watches like 15 like screens of like news coming on in that he's compartmentalizing all of them he explains to someone how he uh it was some random actor that Adolf Hitler liked and he in his mindscape came up with an entire scenario of what if this person this actor went and you know started making movies for the Nazis and how that would go then he also thought of like movie reviewers like actually reviewing these movies at the time and then he decided who the hell would really care so then he just deleted it off from his memory but he mm. came up with full-on scripts of plots of movies and this and that in the blink of an hour just because mm. he was thinking of it. And it's just those small details that I thought is very interesting in a way to really explain this person, how are you going to outwit him? Right. And so that he does kind of get, um, he doesn't get captured at the end, but when, when shit goes sideways. He's, he found, did he find his Moriarty? Yes, yes. yes. I feel like, or again, just the the last thing of explaining, you know, this Icarus uh, society and everything. Uh, very, very interesting. And I believe this is a, a six-issue uh, series, uh, this next one. Which, again, I'm liking when stuff comes out that tells me how many books I need to invest yes, in. Yes, that is nice. I love that. Um, so Netflix had or originally had a deal with Mark Miller for the Millerverse. Mm -hmm. And they did... Um, that superhero oh, one, Jup not Jupiter's, yeah, Jupiter's Legacy, yeah, and it bombed. So I'm assuming we're never gonna get any other Miller verse, but this would be great. This would be, I, but I almost it. don't know if I would. I feel like having it on screen. Do you feel like it would feel like too much like Sherlock Holmes at that point, or I feel like it would dilute a little bit of like how smart he is. They've had a couple shows in the past. I wish I could recall one off the top of my head where they had like really smart people and they would figure out ways to like show how their mind worked yeah i mean i could see that visually i mean I, i'm not saying i wouldn't want it i right. would just hope that they don't make it suck because sure. i feel like you very well, legacy was bad yes and yeah. you very well could fuck this <laughs> up um but also it could be an amazing like a west world it could be one of those things where you're thinking every week of 
how's he going to get out of this? And then you'll think of ten different ways, and it'll be like the random paperclip he picked up in episode one right. comes to fruition. And then you're like, what the fuck? So I'm just happy that this book was back. I didn't know it was coming out. And so the moment that I saw Prodigy, I was like, I hope this is the same series. And it is. And nice. I didn't even stick to like most of what happened in this book. It's just, it's a very, very smart book in the sense of it doesn't make the reader feel dumb. It yeah. makes you just be like, holy shit, I want that brain. Like, just seeing all this stuff coming. Uh, it reminded me, I think a very visual thing was the um, Limitless. Do you ever see that movie? Yeah, where, where the they pills. took the pills. Like, that's what I almost feel like that's what this is mm. happening with this man, except for times ten and always. And um, always, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and always. Nice. Good stuff. Well, I picked up uh, what's going to be now a Lindsay classic because... Um, I read it because it, it, the, the cover reminded me of Tank Girl a bit, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it's called Space Lady. I just can't ignore a title called Space Lady. <clears throat> On the cover, it just has a space lady in her little space bikini and a bag of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, the art style does very much remind me of the Jamie Hewlett art in very early Tank Girl when it was still in like um, uh, 3000 AD. Um, but... And I'm wondering if the stories are going to be written similarly. So in Tank Girl, like, there's not really a cohesive storyline, right? There's just adventures of Tank Girl. And sometimes they tie together and sometimes they're just completely random. And then the uh, Space Lady is like a cop or a bounty hunter, or I'm not entirely certain, but her whole thing is she's supposed to stop crime. Does it take place in space? I think so, I assume. (laughs) (laughs) Again, this is, it reminds me a lot, so, like, this, there's not a lot of, like, clarity in the details. You're just supposed to enjoy the ride. Okay. Um, I mean, just in the first title page, it's got, like, her bedroom, right? Her ass is up in the air. She's in her underwear. <laughs> and there's, like, space cock drawn on the wall. There's a poster. Oh, I slid it too far. There's a poster on the wall over here that says, New Swear Words. And it's tits, bugger, and anus. (laughs) I know, that's what I was thinking. Um, But anyway, so she wakes up from a heavy night of drinking, and her little system is like, there are 37 new crimes in your area, and she's supposed to go stop the crimes, but instead she deploys her hangover protocol, which sends a bunch of robots out, and they just kill indiscriminately all of the criminals, no matter the level of crime that is happening. They're just all dead. And then you get to a part in the story where the AI that she created kind of goes through like a whole danger room thing where, (laughs) and then they fight. And then at the end, the little danger room robot is basically like, I just want to leave here. And she's like, oh (laughs) man, we don't got to fight. You can go. Like that's the whole story. But in there is all this great sort of fun, weird art. Um, So I would say... Like, if you're a fan of Tank Girl like I am, that you would enjoy this. And if you haven't read Tank Girl or you are not a fan of, like, that really gritty punk sort of art style, like James Mafu or Jamie Hewlett, then do not read this book. (laughs) You will not enjoy it. Uh, (laughs) But I feel like there's enough people out there who understand those references and enjoy them that they would 
like this book and would have missed it because it came out from Behemoth, which is not an uh, imprint that most that people, people would, know yeah. of. Um, and, I mean, it was $1.99. Come on. Help an indie artist out. I was going to say, most books you can't get for that price no. anymore. Um, and the title page, so I don't know if the artist slash writer is just going by Icky, I-C-K-Y, but her Instagram is at Icky Comics with an X. Comics with an X. But down here at the very bottom, in very small print, it says that... Um, where is it? The copyright and trademark of Ashley Warwick. So I'm assuming maybe that's her, the writer's real name. Okay. We'll see. Who knows? But well done. It was, it, it really did take me back to like that tank girl fun sort of story. It's just so dumb and ridiculous and like perverted. Like one of the ways she proves to the robot that that the danger room thing, the sentient AI that somehow she was able to like hack into her brain and, and use her glove to reprogram her as she sent her like perverted images <laughs> <laughs> that are depraved, gross, not illegal, but shameful. <laughs> <laughs> and then it ends. The whole, and then it ends. It's just a, it's a fully encapsulated story. Um, but I want to read more about Space Girl. So, uh, if you got a buck ninety nine, I don't know that you're going to get it in print. It might be hard to find in your actual local comic book store, but you can certainly get it off Comixology or where you buy your fine digital comic books. So. Cool, cool. Next is the one we both read. Yes, uh, Saga. Number 60. 60. We'll start off with The Great, which is just everything, really. Yeah. Like, you can never... There's never a bad issue no. of Saga. No. And it's just always great, always compelling. Every single issue just makes you want to have more. Uh, my favorite part of this whole thing was when uh, Hazel and and the prince were playing what at first I thought was going to be uh, air hockey. Yeah, it looks like an air hockey table. Because I love air hockey. I'm actually very good at it. So whenever I see one, I don't care if it only costs 50 cents and you don't get the tickets, as Hazel <laughs> mentions in this too. Because I was like, I love playing that and I will always challenge friends to it. And then I find out it's not air hockey. But something that I want to play even more, which was a weird... You stick your hands in and these eels come out of this water... I, they look like sock puppets to me. Yeah, and, and they are robotic-ishness because when Hazel loses, you can see that it's kind of torn off and... and yeah. Pretty oh, much, yeah, uh, they've exploded. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I also love, too, how she was mad because she's like, I never lose. And then I end up kicking his butt later and... Yeah, she well, and it's because they're they so at this point they're they're having the she's she's trying to let him down nicely because in the issue before is the one we, and we didn't go over this because we didn't want to spoil it for anybody who hadn't read it but he uh, Squire tells Hazel that he loves her and not in like a you're my sister sort of way mm -hmm. and that really freaked Hazel out and to the point where they hadn't talked for like a whole month by the time this issue comes out. 
And so while they're playing, she's like, the, I don't like you like that. Like, I'll always be your big sister sort of thing. And you brothers and sisters. The funny part about that conversation to me was when she's like, I've heard that brothers and sisters in those situations are not accepted or looked yeah. down on. And then he shows the picture of the uh, wings, wings and, and the, the horns. horns. And she's like, all right, fair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But still. <laughs> and then, uh... So then he, he, he beats her because yeah. she's distracted, trying to let him die. And then it just ends with, like, when the things explode, she's just like, you little bitch. So she goes from being like, I'll always love you and be your big sister. And then she's like, you little bitch. Yeah. And, I, and at this point, too, especially when he showed the wings and the horns, I was just like... Because at first I didn't want it to happen anyways. Right. It's weird. But then I was like, you know what, though? It could be perfect for her. They are, you know, such good friends. And obviously they're not biological at all, the right. siblings. So it wouldn't be too weirdish, especially in this universe. So, sure. Weirdness. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And also I was thinking, too, how it could, it could help her in the sense of you would have then the robot kingdom will be part of, like, helping her now. Right. With everything that's going on. Maybe. I don't know. Those robot people are... Yeah, kind of finicky and they're stuff. They're a little... They're, they don't care so much about things. But it was one of the things I forgot about when she was like, hide your colors when 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 Squire showed the... Mm. That... Because I forgot that's to show the lineage of the, like, main king and princes yeah. and everything. And so I was like, oh yeah, that's right. You know, he's got to hide that. And... I like also, too, of how she's like, you know, we, we got into another match several years later and stuff. So, again, you're kind of like, Squire will be around right. for at least a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He's not dying anytime soon. Um, my other question that came up, and I don't know if we'll ever get this answered, but when they get back from their little fun escapade at Chuck E. Cheese. That, um, <laughs> by the way, that was really funny, too. The happiest place on earth. <laughs> yeah. No one thinks that. Um, <laughs> I thought maybe they were gonna go to Disney World. Um, <laughs> I, thought, I was waiting for the the intergalactic Disney World. Right. Right. Uh, she tells the the mom. I can't remember her name off the top of my head. Um, tells Squire that she'll read him a story after he goes and goes and brushes his teeth. And I'm like, what the fuck? What teeth are you talking? Where are his teeth? Where are his teeth, Tony? It's just one of those things. Where are that, his teeth, Tony? <laughs> that you say and. But what is he? What is he going to brush? His screen? Yeah, probably. I don't know. How does he eat? Where's his mouth? You know, I bet you the screen can move up a little bit, and there's like a mouth behind it. You Who think knows? so? Yeah, maybe that. Maybe that is actually. Do they need a to helmet. eat? I just now I need to know more about the biological makeup of these TV people. This is the thing you get hung up on in this universe <laughs> I know. where there's so much other stuff that you could question. This is how my brain works because immediately I couldn't stop thinking about it the minute she said it. I no, was like, I, I thought of it and then I just said, you know what? I don't need to know. No, because there's I want so to much know more in this universe that I want I would to know. Rather know. I'm about. gonna have to write a letter. I think. Uh, uh, to go in the back page. I would love for you to do that, and I would love to all of a sudden read it and find it. <laughs> You're like, holy shit, Lens. It won't it won't be until a very long time from now. But <laughs> I know. And so here here's the thing. Each each one of these issues is amazing in yes. this whole run of saga. And that we know they're getting to 
they have it all planned out that it's going to be 108 issues or whatever. So we got 48 left to go. But I feel like since these last six issues that recently came out, after a three-year hiatus, that we'd have a little bit more to the main story happening. Right. Because right now, we don't. And right. this is me being a little critical of, I want to know more of the main story going. Mm-hmm. Like, we're starting to see a little bit of, uh, you know, the the horns and the wings, the the war seeming to take, like, different sides are coming in. Um, the Toad guy was saying, oh, wow, I forget which side they said took over a planet or joined, but then it, I guess, was big news in this universe of mm-hmm. why would they get into the war? And so whether the war is going to come to an end soon or not, right now, though, I just felt like, again, there's nothing wrong with these issues, but I want to know where are we going? Yeah. When are we getting towards this end point? And I feel like these last six issues didn't really get me there right and now i have to wait yes until this until january 2023 so we we got we got six month we got a six month vacation from saga the thing i want to talk about in this story specifically outside of all of that is the underlying story of hazel's grief for her father because they've written it so that that's not apparent Right? They don't show her missing her dad. She has had to, like, bury it deep down. And it hasn't really came out until this issue. And, um, you know, they at one point they go to the jail and it's it, Marco's mom is in the jail. And that's who Hazel was with for that brief moment. She was in jail. Um, and told, told her that her... You know, the dude told her that her son was dead and stuff like that, um, which was sad, but it brought up that whole conversation of, like, they always say a parent losing his child is, like, one of the worst things you can imagine, but it's expected that a child will lose a parent, mm-hmm. which is true. You would hope, right? You always hope. As a parent, you don't want to, you don't want your kid to go before you. So that starts that storyline, and then, oh, fuck, you get to that panel, I don't know how spoilery we want to be with this whole thing. Might as well. So they they go to come back from their their Chuck E. Cheese adventure, and the ship is on fire. I know that. That page is beautiful. I mean, it's devastating, but it's beautifully drawn and colored. I did not see that ever happening. I know. Like, that's their home. And then the, the breakdown that Hazel has, because basically she was assigning all of her memories of her dad to the ship and now the ship is gone and i'm gonna cry just talking about it i cried while i was reading it at work i'm sure everyone was looking at me like i was a crazy person <laughs> just seeing her cry and look at my phone <laughs> no and i'm not going to lie like it, i knew exactly the grief that she was feeling because she again us reading these last right. six issues we didn't see any of that grief from hazel at all right. over the loss of her dad and so, it was very impactful. But the sad reality is, though, I feel like it would have been more impactful had we not had three years to deal with Marco's death. Maybe. As us, us. as readers. Us. Yeah. It, it, where this, like, if we would have read this six, like, months after that actually happened, and then kind of, it's still fresh in our minds and everything. I don't know. That almost makes it, see, but you kind of expect it. 
when it's fresh. And when you let it simmer for that long and you've become accustomed to the idea of it, but then you see what they've drawn and written in this, like, I feel like it's almost more emotional. Yeah, ish. And I don't, I mean, honestly, there there are people out there who aren't, who are new to this series, right? People who maybe have just picked it up and power read it all together. So I don't know if any of our listeners out there are those people, they can let us know if they think, you know, how, how much more impactful it might've been having read it back to back like that. So, so I just wanted to say saga first debuted 10 years ago. Sure. And doing the math again, they are now taking another six-month hiatus. Mm-hmm. And from the sounds of it, they said, and we'll be- get back to that that schedule of, you know, the first six months. So are they going to do this every year well, they of used, it slowly coming out? They took pretty big, I don't know if you remember. No, they didn't. They did. No, no they, they announced. Did. They announced a hiatus. They, they would take, they would take quite lengthy breaks during I don't it. remember. It wasn't necessarily, it obviously wasn't because here's, three well, here's, years. Here's the but... thing, though. Because we've had 60 issues. Right. Divided by 10, that's six issues a year. Right. If that's their plan, we got eight more years for this. Right. And how many people are going to be like, wow, you guys are milking it? Or what? And, and um, again, I see so much online of people sometimes complaining just to complain and other people saying, you don't get a say in that. The creators get to release when... It, and and that's that's fine and dandy. I'm not trying to say that these people owe me anything. Right. But when you put your works out in the world... Sure. You do need to kind of have some sort of set, uh, schedule. Otherwise, do you, people... Do you Mr. I posted three podcasts in one week last week? <laughs> no, it, it, no. You should, and I should get yelled at for that, and I accept that. And I'm trying to maintain a better, hey, us doing this for 10 years, for putting multiple episodes out sometimes a week, that I've recently failed, I can accept that, and I will be a changed man and not take six months to put them up, though. All I'm saying is that the the criticism that they're getting right now for another break is valid in some senses and mm-hmm. then not in others. Sure. We, yeah, because they, at the end of the have, day they can do what the fuck they want. Yeah. However, people that are have given up on like Game of Thrones because again, where the fuck's this last book that that is also taking like right. 10 years and fuck, we might get the Winds of Winter before Saga ever ends. Holy shit, who would have thought that would happen? Yeah, but is all this coming from non-artistic people? Like well, I just want to know what happened you can't within. Rush the artistic process sometimes. But when they first announced a six-month hiatus before the pandemic came in, a lot of people were thinking they've done work and banked on this. And sure, not everyone was working during the pandemic. But again, this just goes to show that there wasn't much being done on the book. Which, hey, okay, that's reality. Right. Fiona Staples did just have a baby. Can we all can we all accept it? Okay, and that's that? where it's like I feel like a dick for being <laughs> being a new mom is hard, especially well, when you draw like that. I'm just like, are they milking it now oh, to I don't stay care. relevant? I don't so? care. 
Like, uh, okay, listen, I sound like an ass. You just do. By do. You do. The fandoms need to calm the fuck down. Is what is my point. And I've been there. I've been there. I've been mad at fucking movies for straying away from the source material and for books not ending the way I wanted them to, and movies not following books and but shit again, like that. The but, reality is, though, the fandom that has supported you this long may come to be like, maybe they I, don't I'm care done. though. Maybe they don't care. They don't care if you. They, don't, well, obviously they don't. If you don't want to hang out, then don't hang out. Leave the party. We don't want you here. <laughs> I guess. I guess that's just my point. Like we can't talk about how amazing something's written and how well it's drawn in one breath, and then <clears throat> in the next breath be like, "But they're not doing it fast enough for my liking." Like there's a process, and it's exhausting, and. If it comes to 18 years to tell this entire story, holy shit, Great. that's the, that's some missed time management. Well, I, I, you know, I mean, is it, or is it just they're doing something different that we're not used to? It, I mean, obviously we're not used <laughs> to it because we like conclusions in our story telling us where we're going and we haven't gotten that at all lately we get new sides characters and i have no clue where this is going anymore no but it's so well done let's just bask in how amazing they are as a team they are and and, and, we and want be more. happy with what they're giving us <clears throat> i mean come on come on Come on, let's give them a fucking break. Let's just let artists yeah, be but... artists for once instead of a commodity. Yeah, but what they do last three years, like... Shit happens, bro, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't, again, if this is just a random break, but again, I feel like this is going to be every single... I'm telling you, you're not recalling correctly. They used to take breaks like this all the fucking time. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to do my... Re I tried to do my research before this, and I didn't come across, even though I felt like there was. There was. But I was trying to be like, how was. many other breaks have they taken, and I couldn't find anything. It might not have been... Like, this one feels crazy because they just came off a giant one, right? But I feel like it used to be... they would, And it may not have been six months. It might have been three months where they would take... They would do, like, a chunk of issues, and then they would take some time off. But not at the beginning. Well, not at the very beginning. Of course not. <laughs> no publisher is going to put out three books and then be like, oh, let's give them another year off. <laughs> of course not. Why once, not? You just said they once should Once you have to. sales under your belt, you can do whatever oh, yeah, the fuck you want. <laughs> and so, even though it is Image, and at the end of the day, Image doesn't really care. They don't have too much. Hey, in your letter but, that you write them, put my grievances I will, too. and then, then I'll tell... Mr. Brian cave on that I chewed your ass out for it soundly. <laughs> I defended him, but also, where is Squire's teeth? <laughs> so, yes, uh, January 2023 is when it's coming back. And, yep. mm. however, did uh, enjoy the, the ending, I mean, Letters to the editor type. Whatever. Oh yes, this, it's this the idea. results of the reader survey. Yep, which we took. Yeah, you were asking me those. Yeah. and we answered them pretty much on air. And I really enjoyed some of the answers. Again, 
Uh, people obviously, if they like their job, and some of them are saying how, eh, maybe most of them not. And obviously, the, these are just a few random people. Yeah. Answers that they put in, so it's kind of funny uh, when they put stuff like something that I didn't even think of. But when they're asked what your pronouns are, um, as they were saying, you know, is uh, an extremely diverse selection of readers wrote to us, and almost none of you were bothered by this question. Almost because then the next question that they'd ask people, did that last question bother you? And then obviously there would be some people that are reading this that would be uncomfortable with mm-hmm. that. But something that I truly never thought of, and I I honestly thought this was, it, it opened my eyes a bit, was I have no problem with people asking me that. But one of the readers said, it didn't bother me. I just wish we weren't socially pressured to disclose our pronouns on public platforms. It adds another layer of judgment before knowing someone. And holy cow, that was a, like, I guess a thought that I never thought of before like Are, it, is there pressure to put your pronouns on social platforms i mean i know people have done it on like instagram and twitter and stuff but i've never felt like i've not done it and i've never felt pressured to do so i do have it in my email signature at work and let me tell you what that shit's helpful because there are some gender neutral names out there like, but it's not <laughs> i'm not even saying the pressure part of this quotation it's the it adds another layer of judgment for knowing someone mm. and holy shit it does sure it's because also helpful, though, I think. I, I think so, too, to the individual, but I think I could also see why someone may not want to out themselves by saying what that is compared to what they may look like, in a sense. Sure. Because that does add a new layer of judgment, and that could be a reason why an ally would kind of feel a little bothered by that. Again, it was just a different perspective that I'd never thought of before and just reading these answers i go oh that is a different perspective that i can agree with and see even though it would in some sense come across of why do you have a problem with your pronouns well i do see a valid reason i guess of why someone might not want to say theirs in a public forum not saying that they have to be pressured to do it or whatnot yeah i don't know it's just how much of this is just perceived social pressure though right like just because everybody's putting their pronouns on Instagram is not necessarily pressure. It could just be perceived pressure. True. I just think we need to burn down the internet. Oh, for sure. I, I... <laughs> Start fresh. Way more, yeah. <laughs> totally agree. Um, the Have you ever killed someone? And people are like, no, no, no. And someone said, unfortunately, who is a person who is in a state correctional facility which Mm. i've read many letters uh in the back of books from people that are locked up that are like i had we somehow got these issues in the library of whatever thing Well, yeah there was in the first the first issue after their three-year hiatus um one of them was a letter from somebody who was in jail and was like we only have this many issues. Can you please send the rest? But by the time they actually got the letter or read it or something, like, the person was already out of jail. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so they do, I mean, it is, listen, it is an impactful series. And that just goes back to my point of, like, when they're putting that much heart and thought and love and, like, openness and reality into a story about people who have wings and horns <laughs> and... Issue three had giant monster balls in it. 
Like, of course it's going to take time. Of course. Of course it is. It's so beautiful. <laughs> One of my favorite random questions was, who is the most famous person you ever touched? And the answer was, the four most common responses were Stan Lee, um, followed by, uh, and that was like by considerable margin, and then people just put nobody... And then they put a Barack Obama followed closely by Jason Statham. That's which, so weird. <laughs> Jason Statham is one of my favorite of all time actors who was in a lot of shitty movies yeah. that are all amazing movies, though. You can you can say they're shitty movies because they are, but the action that he, like, they're fun, just not needing to think movies. They're, sure. They're action-y. They're like the Fast and Furious movies. I watch those without needing some serious plot. It's just brainless something to watch. And yeah. I've watched almost all Jason Statham movies, and they are almost all similar in certain senses. Listen, Jason Statham for me is lock, stock, and snatch. Like, I can't get it. Like, anything past that, whatever, I don't you care. You ever watch the Transporter movies? Of course. Those are I watched the first one. The mechanic, yeah. the... Um, what was the one where he had to take the adrenaline shot? Oh, Crank? Crank. God, that yeah, one that was one great. was weird. I don't know. Just anyways, I just love that that was somehow one of the, That's so <laughs> the funny. top there. And yeah, and so all these uh, interesting, you know, what you lost and everything, we, we said ours. But um, again, this was kind of great to see some yeah. of those answers. And uh, yeah, so... If you're okay. not reading Saga, fucking, like, stop listening to us. Just go read it. Don't live vicariously through us. We can't handle that. It Again, <laughs> it is so amazing that it makes me be very upset that we can't yes. get more. Tony like, gets a big old stick up his ass <laughs> about the whole thing. <laughs> just trying to say my love. I know, I know. But I my goal this year and on this podcast is to, like... And I don't know how many people listen to us and how effective we can be, but I think we need to. I think we need to pull back on the, the the fan, the like the the fan fever of it all, right? Like, why are why are actors and actresses like having to leave Twitter because fucking fanboys are so mean to them? Like that toxic fan the, culture. For sure, but that's not what I was doing. No, at all. but that's where it starts, though. But you can have true because if you allow no criticism, that's fine. Then criticism is fine. Yeah, and again, this was just some out of love. I didn't do it okay. out of malice. But or there hate. are people out there who are saying the exact same thing that you're saying, but being completely hateful about it. So we need to like be very careful on our criticisms and make sure that it is known that it's out of love. Which is why we try not to talk about things that we hate. Yes, mom. I mean. <laughs> Listen, we have to heal the world, Tony. <laughs> it's falling apart around me. <laughs> All right. Uh, there isn't a ton of news because, as we know, San Diego Comic Con's coming up in a couple weeks. So everything's kind of on yeah. being held until then. Yeah. You have just small little drips or this yeah. or that. So or if something like if somebody dies or some sort of, like, I don't know, scandal comes out or something like that, then we'll hear about it. But then everything else is on hold for two weeks. Yeah, speaking of scandals, uh, there's a big one rocking the wrestling world, and uh, it involves Vince McMahon. What? In a scandal? That guy? <laughs> the thing is, 
everyone that's saying this is exactly what we knew, but all of a sudden, like, didn't really think that it was true. Like, Vince McMahon has created the wrestling world as it is now, but there are other promotions out there sure. that I, I personally feel are better, but God, will this open a can of worms of people hating on which is better or not? But we yeah, can, don't. We, that's what I was just talking love, love, about. Love, love each things, but you can also objectively can say stop certain people yes. <laughs> kind of suck for who they are, yeah. and that is Vince McMahon, who has fired many people they didn't need to, all because they said budget cuts, but they're making hand over fist billions every year. Right. It's lies. And one of the newest things that has come out is Vince McMahon has paid for... Uh, I guess, hush money from some former, uh, only one for sure known wrestling star. Did they say who it was? No, they haven't. But most people from the reports can figure it out. I asked one of my good buddies who knows everything. Um, he's like, it's very easy to find out when you say who got released when in this year. And Did they tell you who? Alleged... You just don't want to say the name on our podcast. Yeah. I mean, we don't need to out, like, the victims okay, of Okay, you have all. to tell me later, but then, I am interested. But then there's, uh, so there's now been found out four at least NDAs that have been paid uh, with the sum total of over $12 million hush money. And the big thing is, did that money come from his personal account? In which case, he's just a sleazy man and whatever. But if it came from actual money from the company then that's some serious financial right. problems. and Yeah, to me... He stepped down for as CEO, but yet is still at every single show dictating what goes on, so he's just stepped down in name only. Well, yeah, his, who is the CEO now? Is it Triple H? Is I can't remember who they got. I think uh, Stephanie came back as the interim, even though she had stepped down uh, a couple months ago, which we then find out. She stepped down right around when the board found out about this. So we mm. we were wondering, too, if she was kind of just getting out of, I don't want to be involved with my dad's shit going on, and now this come out. Ultimately, and I think for any Mark that still loves WWE, it would be much better without Vince McMahon. His time has come oh, yeah. and gone. He's, I don't think he's a likable character, and I know that a lot of times that was intentional. Yeah, but now it's just like, but he just, that's not intentional. It's just who he is. His his him and his wife are all mixed up in a side of politics that I don't personally agree with. So like that always kind of made things a little more skeevy for me. I will say this: I don't necessarily think that him paying women for sex is wrong. And if those women were like straight up like thanks for well, that's the money, the but but obviously. The company, I mean, that is a that is a breach of trust if you used company funds to pay for it. Like that is not something that should be done. But what you're you're mishearing though is it wasn't that he was paying for the sex; he was paying to keep it quiet. Well, he's paying because he's no, paying for the sex at that point. Then no, because when you got to look at it as you could pay a prostitute or anything, which I'm sure he's probably done, and that's the transaction, and that's not what they're talking about. When it comes to people in power, it's about not paying because you could easily get it. It's about coercing, and that's what happened with all these women. It wasn't that they bribed them to have a blowjob or sex or whatever. Sure. It was, I'm your boss, 
and I'm going to fire you unless you do this. And then the act ha- happens, and then the women get a little wise and saying, I'm going to go to the press, and then here's your payoff afterwards. That's a whole different scenario than paying someone to have sex with. Because right. that's a transaction that is mutual. Sure. And in this case, it is not. Is all I'm saying is it's even worse than just paying for sex. It's well, I don't think paying for sex is bad, so it definitely would be worse yeah, than paying for yeah. sex. But <laughs> <laughs> I would like to make that clear. I think sex workers should be legal. Yeah. I don't, and but, I don't <laughs> talk about WWE as much anymore because I know Linz doesn't watch it at all, and I, I don't. And it's I all kind bullshit. of caught step back. Yeah, but it's just it's a male soap opera, and it's I guess it could and it's athleticism and it's fun and sure there's some good matches, but again some of the stories have just been shit lately, and well Vince McMahon is part of that blame and AEW all the way, and yeah I'll have people hating on me for saying What's that, but AEW what's what's the one Jericho is in? Is it Jericho? Uh, yeah, a- is AEW. it AEW? That's where a lot of people have jump shit from WWE. Now AEW has a problem of having a lot of uh, talent like WWE had, and then WWE never used them. So a lot of those people jump shipped over to AEW. Some of them have been used, but now that they have so many people, right? it's like, wouldn't mind a third? Yeah. And there's Impact Wrestling, which is... Uh, there's, Bring back WCW. There, well, I mean, that had its own financial problems and what it well, was I know and that's why it ended. Yeah bought by WWE. Yeah. There's there's a lot of stuff that goes into all that. But again, this is kind of a big story and most people are thinking there might be even more uh, people. So him actually getting outed would be a huge thing. But if that happens, only time will tell in the investigation. He's like the kind of guy that would do something like that. No? I mean, I hate to judge a book by its cover, but I mean, you know. <laughs> so I saw... Thor 4. You did. Thor 4. And I... Love and Thunder. I really liked it. You liked the love I, and the thunder? I was laughing my ass off. Taika Waititi's a fucking genius, man. Yes. He really is. However, I do have just one small caveat to th- that I liked it. Again, good movie. But I felt like there were definitely two movies here mm. that could have been better had two storylines been two completely separate movies. Is because it suffering from the Spider-Man problem? Kind of. There's just too much in there yeah. to, again, you can make a great movie, but you can also see where you could have made two better movies, mainly because the Jane being Thor storyline... Spoilers! <laughs> I mean, they didn't even really hide who I her know. identity was I know. in this. I know. But that was a whole on comic arc that I felt needed to be explored more than what it was in this movie. Jason Aaron made us wait so long to find out who Lady Thor was. We all Thor fucking was. knew who it was, No, no, no. We used to talk about it constantly and how we thought maybe it could be Jane Foster, but there were always, like, five other people it could have been. Yeah. And Jason Aaron made us wait a long time before he revealed it. And I'm and again, I'm okay with just people knowing that you can't really hide it as well right. from art because this is a person and you can tell it's Natalie Portman under the helmet. But that's a whole thing that I wish could have been explored more. And then Gore the God Butcher, I wanted more God butchering. Sure. 
because his whole story honestly should have been I don't need a I don't think every bad guy needs to be a, a Thanos 20 movie ending bad guy but you can kind of have bad guys stick around a little bit not be one and done like it does seem like sometimes these mm-hmm. self-contained uh, movies have and so Gore really should have had at least two movies to um, come to fruition, have that final battle to show, have him introduced in, in a movie as a character and see that descent and then the next movie really show him have that power. I'm just, again, what trying... Movie, what, but what other property could they have put him in? Uh, could he easily came in Moon Knight. Moon Knight? Gods, or even tying Moon Knight into this. Now... It's one thing that a lot of people have said, there's not as much crossover, and they wish they could have had, you know, Khonshu or someone show up in this if they're going to talk about the gods. Right. However, uh, people have to remember, though, when it came to the first, like, 20-ish movies that encompassed the whole Infinity Saga, there were a lot of self-contained movies Mm -hmm. at the beginning and that's what they're doing now. You can't just go right into the next big bad. You need to kind of have some fun, right. self-contained stories. And so, again, I don't need this to touch on all those things. But what I'm saying is when you eventually watch her, when any listener goes and sees it, you will love the character Gore and you will be like, wait, he didn't have enough screen time. Because it's objectively true because there's so much going on in this movie. And again, laughs galore. It was a good movie for what it was, but it it really just needed more time. Yeah. And there's been talk that there's a four-hour cut, like, that they have of the movie. Well, I know there were lots of cameos in this movie that got cut. I mean, Lena... Heedy. Heedy was in, in the movie, and she was not in the movie. Um, things like that. So I'm sure there is a much longer cut out there. And people have already started asking for it. Which... Give us the Taika cut! Yeah. Give us the Taika cut! And Let's he... give it an Oscar! <laughs> and Taika has flat out come out and said that he doesn't necessarily like um, those sort of uh, director's cuts. He right. always feels like whenever he's seen it, he goes sometimes the director does need to be held back. Yeah. And so as he's saying, what if I had a director's cut, I may have put a couple different jokes in there that got cut out of the way, but he's like, to be honest, the amount, because they did have, yeah, some other gods' deaths, there are some other worlds they went to, we know these to be true because a lot of the actors have said they filmed all this stuff, but as uh, Taika's been saying, he doesn't think that would make for a good movie because it would cut up the pace in the stuff. But again, I'm kind of saying... We need more of that gore side, mm. not gore. Gore the character, not necessarily gore of right. things getting torn in half. Um, that yes, and it's it's still making tons of money. It made 143 million nice. at the domestic box office. Um, that's more than Thor Ragnarok made its opening weekend. Oh. They made 123 I million. Love Thor Ragnarok. However, it's sitting at. Uh, the second uh, for this new phase, uh, it's sitting right above, I think, Doctor Strange 2. Um, however, Eternals is still the worst Metacritic uh, score at a B, though. This is sitting at a B+. Which, again, I'm like, 
that's not a terrible score, and not everything is going to be an yeah. A-level no. Civil War and Lots of people, I mean, as much as, like, in our circle, like, I hear how much people universally love Thor Ragnarok. That's just not the case. There are a lot of people who do not like Thor Ragnarok out there. Um, they're insane people, but... Uh, my question, what I want to know is, how much Korg time do we get? Lots, actually. Lots, lots of Korg lots, lots time. More. There's some good Korg... Uh, I love it. Korg stuff throughout this movie. I just... Honestly, it's just... I love listening to Taika Waititi talk. <laughs> So, uh, him and his little Korg voice, I just can't wait to listen to. <laughs> I would say anyone right now, just look up some of the interviews that they've been doing, because it's great. Yeah. Like, you can just see the laughs, or they even talk about some of the things that haven't, that weren't in the movie, that were cut, and that they're like, oh, remember that? Uh, there was actually something that I thought, saw, where, uh, Tessa Thompson was talking about how, oh yeah, my reaction there. It, I look startled because, well, you cut then right before that of when Thor woke up and startled me, but somehow that got in there and, and Taika goes, ooh, I must have forgot that. But it's pretty funny and she goes, it is kind of funny watching it and it makes kind of a sense in the sense of <laughs> how they cut it. What's funny was I, at that moment, I did notice uh, she seemed kind of startled randomly and now I know it was because of something else that got cut that was part of then. And again, I'm just like, that makes sense. I did notice it, but it didn't take away of where I right. thought that the movie was cut in a way that it was terrible. It's just one of those things of two things happen. And this goes into a larger thing besides the Thor movie right now of getting its love and hate and everything. Marvel has now turned into Star Wars in the sense of you're always going to now have the detractors. Everyone was on board throughout the the Infinity War saga. Yeah. We, there was, everyone could universally agree Iron Man 2 and Thor 2 were just the two that we forget about, but everything <laughs> else we loved. And even then, those two movies had some moments, but again, everyone was on the same page. Mm -hmm. This movie, great. This movie's tying into the next one. And now we've gotten to a point where there's so much stuff coming out that you're going to have some people that oh, yeah. just, it's not for them. I mean, listen, everybody loves, I mean, let's, let's, you, you made the comparison to Star Wars and let's think about the first three Star Wars movies, right? When those came out, they were new, they were fresh. Like there is a lot wrong with those movies. If you go back and watch them with like a new kind of eye and don't take your nostalgia into it with you, those movies have a lot of problems. Um, the, the 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 Avengers movies and the all the new Marvel movies, right? What did we have? We had Spider Man before that. We had some Fantastic Four, and then John Favreau came and saved the superhero movie, right? Thank God for John Favreau. Um, and we all just loved it so much. You just kind you have to you have to pour all of your energy into making it good, or else it'll go away. Mm hmm. And you don't want it to go away. This is what, as a somebody who read comics growing up, this is what you've been waiting for your whole life, right? To see this shit on the screen. So you have to, like, you, you're almost forced to love it and, like, fan, like, fangirl out on it, fanboy out on it hard. But now you have, there's so much. <laughs> there is so much. 
where it's like, all right, okay, I don't think it's going anywhere, right? It's solidly here. There's no, there's no worry about it disappearing. So now we can start saying, okay, all right, you've, you're here, you're established, not worried about superhero movies going away anytime soon. Let's talk about quality. <laughs> <laughs> and I I am easily amused, so most of the things Marvel puts out, I'm still like, yeah, man, that was great. Even if it wasn't the best, I'm still like, hey, super cool. Like, I'm loving Ms. Marvel right now. I think that's a really great show. Moon Knight was all right. I didn't enjoy that one as much, but, you know, it was still good. <laughs> Well, I mean, every every show and movie is going to have its detractors. Yeah. Um, the boys just finished up their season three. And uh, what's funny is the people that run the, the boys' Twitter account, mm -hmm. as well as uh, Peacemaker Twitter account, uh, started kind of just uh, having some fun together. Uh, Peacemaker Twitter, you know, congratulated the series um, by mocking the negative comments that the boys season three got and as uh the boys were they were saying you know bet you can't wish or bet you can't guess which one is yours versus mine peacemaker said of like mm. out of the negative stuff and then uh the boys responded do you really want to rate it do you really want to taste it and now i got that song stuck in my head again but ultimately um there are many of uh, people claiming that the show was too political overtly sexually explicit um, an anti-male. And what? I I did not feel that at all. It's the boy. It's like it is I male. Mean, as incels saying that. Probably um, insane the too political I can see. A clearly not read the comic books. <laughs> yeah. Fucking clearly, right? B it's been political the whole goddamn time. If you're now just understanding Jamie. it, that's on you. I'm so sorry. Um, Anti-male. Listen, men suck. I don't know what to... <laughs> I don't know what to fucking say. You all are terrible. Of course it's anti-men. Everything should be anti-men. Well, and, and something I want to say to that, too, is... Yes, it has always been political. Because the last scene, again, I'm... Trying to keep it spoiler free from you because you haven't watched. I haven't it watched yet. it yet. But also, it needs to be said that last scene of that person dying. God damn it! Why no, would you even say that out you loud? You don't even know. It who, doesn't matter. I know someone's know, gonna die now. Is is fucker? It could just be a regular person. No, it is, it is uh, not. You asshole. No, it, it's based straight off the comments about someone could be shot on Fifth Avenue without oh. losing any votes. And holy shit, yeah, you can't get much more real than that. And that whole final scene was like, Jesus, man, this is this is too real. Yeah. Like, this isn't a comic book anymore. This is, or a comic book show. This is like, yeah, this is political. But well, again, The things... whole idea of the show and the comic book is what if, literally, what if superheroes existed in our world? Not like... If our world was Metropolis, yeah. or if our world was Gotham, or it's literally if they existed in our world. So it would be a failure of the writers of the show to not 
lean into that part of it. So of course it's going to be political. What world are you people living in right now that <laughs> I would like to know what happy little world that you've built for yourself <laughs> that you're living in. Can I come and stay with you? Because my world sucks right now. <laughs> so, um, you know, media are <laughs> tend to reflect that what's going on in the world. Now, there is a spinoff coming out of I the saw boys. that, Varsity. Yep. Yeah. And That's how you know something's gotten really popular is they, they, they all of a sudden have a need to just shove as much shit down your throat as possible, and I get a little worried when they start doing that. True. However, I do like this universe, so I'm, I'm going to honestly look, look at it like with like wanting to watch this because, you right. know, I have high hopes for it, and I feel like it will succeed in what they're going to try to do of making a little bit more of this world open besides just the seven sure. and the boys going after it. So this is going to take place with, uh, I believe, a, uh, a college uh, superheroes. And that's about all I really know yeah. about. So they're doing, like, Young Justice or Teen Titans mm. or some... And I wonder if they're either... Young Avengers. May maybe that could be an actual wholesome, like, team compared to the assholes... Now, I don't know. You were in college. Somebody, Do you think that's true? I don't know. We had fun, and if I had superpowers... Yeah. There's going to be a lot of rape happening in this. <laughs> yeah, I, that was the first thing I started thinking. I was like, ooh, yeah, that's not good. Yeah. Frat parties Sorry. have someone that has like can magically make beer come from their finger or something. Like That person's invited every weekend, but it'll be interesting. Very Jesus-like trick. Um... <laughs> Two things, uh, last two things that I have for getting the booze in a book. Uh, one thing I know you would really mm -hmm. love to talk about, and one that I would really love to talk about, and that is, they're two different trailers. Uh, the first that I want to talk about is uh, The Rings of Power, Lord okay. of the Rings. Sure. Uh, the trailers debut will be out by the time this is posted, but um, we got a sneak peek of what the show looks like. Obviously, as you mentioned, a diverse cast, which again is... I'm I'm willing to just be like okay whatever. It does kind of conflict a little bit with later on Third Earth of like only white were... people. Yes. What happened to all the black people? <laughs> but at least in this, there is some diversity in the yes. cast, and again, that's not a thing to ever make me think. Oh, this is something different than the other movies following it. It's its own thing set in the same universe. Yeah. And, and who cares? Skin color should never matter about anything. Well, no, it's just obviously like when you're dealing with fake worlds, there's no reason to stick with like not all elves need to be white. Not yeah. all trolls need to be white. Not all hobbits need to be white. You know? Mm -hmm. It would make sense that there would be diversity diversity in it so as much as i did enjoy the first movies it does just watching that trailer did point out in my head like oh my god those movies were very white yeah it, <laughs> that kind of triggered that in my mind too like never thought of that yeah, and then looking white. at a lot of other fantasy movies wow is this just a thing in that genre that we don't it's fucked up but yes it is and, and it's crazy because um Afrofuturism sci-fi is fucking awesome and we need to like get into that more uh, but also maybe just let it look like the world we live in 
Now, I this trailer does two things for me. One, I see the set pieces and some of the CGI and think this is going to look gorgeous. Of course. However, yep. I'm a little worried a bit too with uh, I don't know some of these actors at all, which again, I I don't want necessarily big names always associated mm-hmm. with every show. Right. You so, like Game of Thrones, a lot of those people weren't as well known. Sure. Until that happened, and I mean, again, it very gives you, few gives you a clean slate yeah. to not judge them by. But then I'm a little worried with just seeing a couple of the interaction with people uh, from the trailer that it felt a little uh, stiff. Some um, was it the elves? Because I feel like that's just the vibe they give off. No, it was actually one of the the dwarves uh. talking. That I was like, oh, I hope this is better acted than what I just felt like in this one scene yeah. in the trailer. But it gave me a little bit of uh, hesitation. But again, knowing that we're going to get all the seasons because they've paid up front for them all, and so regardless of how it goes, I'm at least happy that we're going to get a full story because, again, I can love a show for two reasons, visually or the story, and the best have both of those, but I can also pass with one or the other as at least it was worth watching, mm-hmm. you know, being just okay. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's just going to be okay or it could be great. I'm I think not it'll sure. be fine. I, I know, but. I can't wait to truly find out and get back into my Lord of the Rings world because I love it. Yeah, Tony really proved he was the best nerd in the world when we were talking about it earlier. <laughs> you I, don't even know the names, do I, you? I don't, and it's like, and I still don't, and I will never remember them, but the the glee at which you were like, proved yourself right, and then just in, basked in that moment by yourself because I didn't give a fuck. I was just like, oh, he's so proud of himself. <laughs> And then I'll hand it over to you to oh talk my about God. the trailer that you want to talk about. So, if you don't know, I got a, a bit of a thing for Kevin Smith and the movies of Kevin Smith. In fact, I rewatched Yoga Hosers the other day, and listen, the movie is stupid and awesome. <laughs> I will stand by it. It is actually one of his best shot movies. Like, visually, it's just a really well-done movie. Anyway, I digress. The trailer for Clerks 3 came out. Um, (laughs) And uh, so the story of Clerks 3 is that at the end of Clerks 2, right, they bought the quick stop. So now they're back in the quick stop, which is very exciting, and it is the quick stop. Like, that place still exists. So they shot in the actual quick stop. From the first movie, which I think is super awesome. Um, But Randall has a heart attack and lives. I wonder where Kevin Smith got that storyline from. And decides that he's going to make a movie. And the movie that he's going to make is Clerks. So it's a meta remake of the first one. And it's got... So many cast members coming back. Right now they're actually doing a podcast series called Clerks 2, T-O-O, where they're doing interviews with people who were in the first movie who weren't Dante Randall or um, Caitlin or, uh, fuck, I can't remember the other chick's name. It'll come to you. It'll come to me after this podcast, but... Um, the the four main characters and Jane Silent Bob, obviously. And you're gonna have that look of glee like I did when I, I was naming my character. I know, Veronica. That's the other one. Um, so like, 
the dude who plays Rick Darris, the 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 girl that comes in, well, the girl that comes in and says she manually masturbates caged animals for science, that's Kevin Smith's sister. Um, but, like, all of those little tiny characters that just kind of came and went in the movie, they're doing interviews with all of them, and it's it's very interesting to listen to. The Chulies gum guy and I'm I'm Stuff very like I'm interested in because uh, within the trailer it showed them interviewing people to play some part. Oh yeah, and I'm very curious though, just especially with the uh, Ben Affleck. Oh my god, part. I love that. I'm not even supposed to be here today, <laughs> like over the top. <laughs> I'm wondering though if the they're gonna have him be in universe person. Or if they're going to have him truly be mm, Ben Affleck person right. reading for a role as just the small cameo in that sense. Again, could go either way as the it joke. It could. Because it would be... I mean, they're obviously making an indie movie. So having Ben Affleck try out for that movie would be a little bit ridiculous. So it could be but that... But it'd be funny in a sense if yeah. they wrote it in that... Because again, I, I doubt he's going to be in it that long because he wasn't really in it no. that long. Or even It was the probably, first honestly, like he probably sent it in... Probably sent it in. Yeah. Because it was still COVID when they That's shot That's true, and that this. probably could be an easy way to get some of his yeah. other friends that have been in the other skew of u- uh, universe stuff the in it. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Uh, uh, not whatever. <laughs> but then again, I'm wondering, too, though, how are they just going to cast their in-person uh, who they are within the other ones as this? Because obviously, Dante is Dante, and Jay and Silent Bob and stuff are Jay and Silent Bob. Mm-hmm. So again, I don't know. It's the meta of like, it's going to be how, awesome. How meta do you get of like, are you going to recast the people that were actually in the first right. one, and then that person going, "What the fuck? I was I was there. We this was our day or yeah. whatever." And well, the sad part about the whole thing is the the woman who played uh, Caitlin. Uh, has passed away since they made the movie, so we will not get to see her again. But Veronica. Linda, Linda, I can't remember how you say her name. The chick who plays Veronica is definitely in it. Um, literally everyone that was in that movie that he could get to come back is coming back. So I don't know. I don't quite know how that's going to play out, um, but I'm very interested. The Kevin Smith of it all is that he is touring the movie like he so did with Jay and Silent yeah. Bob Reboot. And they have no Michigan dates yet, which... Makes me sad, but they're also releasing it through Fathom events. So there are going to be two nights you can go see it in the movie okay. as a Fathom event. <sighs> You're going to try to find the nearest state that he's going to travel to? I mean, I just want to see it. I don't necessarily... I've been to so many Kevin Smith shows that at this point I'm like, all right, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> this one would be interesting, though, because you'll be... Again, how meta it is, right. that part of it is one aspect that I've want to see this besides it just I know I'm going to laugh my ass off right. but that just adds an extra layer of I am very curious the behind the scenes of what they'll show behind the scenes of making yeah. this movie my favorite part of the trailer is when they're um when he at the end where he's got the guy who's about to shoot him and he's like you're oh, gonna kill me yeah. because at the end of the original clerks somebody comes in and shoots Dante and before it was released to, before they went to show it at Sundance, um, one of the guys that was helping them kind of get it together was like, you got to cut that out. He's like, it doesn't go with the rest of the movie. Like, you can't have oh, it. I didn't, I didn't know that. Ending 
with Dante getting shot. And the reason why Kevin Smith put it in there was because of the movie Do the Right Thing, which ended with, like, a bunch of the characters just getting shot at the end. I mean, but that's a whole fucking different sort of movie. Yeah. Do the Right Thing is not Clerks. Um, <laughs> it's better than Clerks, as much as I love Clerks. <laughs> but, uh, so I'm very excited. I, I consume a lot of Kevin Smith media, so I've been hearing bits and pieces of the trailer and stuff um, as it comes out. But, oh, God, I've watched it, like, 50 times now. I'm just so excited. The other thing I'm excited for that is Clerks related is Kevin Smith actually has his own imprint, comic book imprint that he started called Quick Stop Comics, I think. Don't quote me on that. I could be wrong. So he's got a book coming out in a couple months called Masquerade that has nothing to do with any of his movies. And then he's got like um, shorts, Clerks quick stop shorts or something like oh. that. And each issue is going to be about characters from his movies that were maybe uh, talked about but not seen in the movies. So, like, one of them is... Um, so, uh, the kid in Clerks 2, the one who is the new... God, I can't remember anybody's name. Elias whose girlfriend, who has pillow pants. He mm -hmm. talks about pillow pants, the pussy troll. His yep. girlfriend, he talks about his girlfriend. There's a there's a whole comic about them and their relationship where she shows up in the comics. I am very excited about those, and I can't wait to read those. I'm almost more excited about those than the movie. <laughs> almost. Not quite. <laughs> so, we got to stop talking about this, or I, this will be a whole hour-long conversation about Kevin Smith stuff, so... All right, well, booze in a book this week, then, is Starhenge, book one, The Dragon and the Boar. Now, I'm not going to get too much into this, but it was uh, written and illustrated and, and lettered all by Liam Sharp, so this is a very uh, creator-owned. And the cover is amazing, and all I'm going to say is the artwork and the page layouts and everything... I adored. I was like, this is some shit that I can get into. And then there's the story that I'm just kind of suffering to understand because it was a bit confusing on what the fuck's going on. Mm. I do understand it's the future and there's like some time travel and trying to get magic back on Earth because we don't have magic now. And a lot of stuff that I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. But again, I'll look at this art all day and the way that they had this whole thing laid out, and I, for that, want to commend it. Um, but I bring it up also because I'm, like, hoping that maybe a listener might be able to help kind of get my mind over what is I just read. Yeah, or I so email us at, at drunkoncomics at gmail.com with the subject line, Tony is stupid. <laughs> Starhenge. Dash, Starhenge. <laughs> Um, and explain to him what's going on. That is beautiful art. Yeah. Um, but please explain to him what's going on so he can keep reading it. Yes. And so I almost feel like I will do a reread of Who this. Who wrote this? Liam Sharp? Yes. Liam and Sharp, if you're listening to this. The, I'll say this too. The last like page has one of those, you know, what would you call it? Like cliffhangers or whatever that makes you really want to be like, okay, now I want to know a little bit more. And it did that mm -hmm. in the one page to where I was almost kind of like, I don't know if I'm going to really give it a fair shake again, but I am going to do so. Um, 
So I'm not trying to knock this book at all because again, it has a lot going for it. I just Gorgeous. feel too stupid to to completely. Maybe understand. you just need to like give it a second and third read. Yeah, because again, this also is as you can see. It's very, very there's dense. lots of panels. Yeah, there are a lot of panels in this book. And like this stuff too. Like look at this. Like just coming out and then like. What's going on? Because I know just from you seeing those panels, you don't know what the fuck's going on. Well, of course not. Why would I? But even I didn't, and I read it. <laughs> so, uh, ultimately, though, this is going to be paired with uh, Nitro Merlin. Uh, it's a milk stout from Firestone Walker Brewing Company. And if you actually got to the end, you'd know why this makes sense, but I'm not going to give it away. And that is this right week's on. Booze in a Book. Pew, pew, pew. Well, man, we, we talked for a lot longer than I, I thought today. and uh, I had a lot of feelings about things. Me and that too. usually makes for a longer podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I guess with that, uh, stay tuned for more uh, feelings. and. Uh, yep, that's what we are now. We're the feelings podcast. Just two of them, though. Love and hate. That's all we got. Yeah. No nuance. No, that's true. 